The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. In the sitting, looking internally, looking at what's happening inside our bodies and minds, and we may gain some skill at that on the cushion. We may... Sometimes it, it, it's, it's, it's uneven, you know, sometimes it's easier than, than others to really, um, to be with ourselves. But so often it does come to mind or we, we begin to ask ourselves how, how this might support us in our daily lives. How, how might we be able to carry this practice of looking at what's happening in the present moment right into the midst of everything that's going on, the, the, the messiness of our lives, the difficulty of navigating things. How, how might we do that? That question comes up quite a bit, actually. And it's not, um, it's not an easy place to practice you know when we're sitting in silence so much is kind of set aside in that moment i mean we get to see a lot our thoughts don't get to be set aside just by will and so we you know the world does come in to our meditation but often our practice in that time is to kind of tell ourselves, okay, well, that's not happening right now. You know, whatever that thought is that comes up, you know, that scenario or whatever, that's not happening right now. So let's just see what is happening right now. And, um, and so we're, we're not so much gaining the practice or the skill with working with content in our sitting practice, working with all the kind of, we're we're often taught or at least initially often taught to set thoughts aside or notice that they're there, but then come back to how, how is the body, you know, what's actually happening? What are the emotions? We're not taught so much to deal with the, the, the kind of the content of our, of our experience in our sitting practice. And sometimes that's where our minds get caught. You know, that's, that's a, that's a key place where, you know, if there's some strong content going on in our lives, those, those thoughts can come up and it can be very difficult to set them aside. They've got some, they've got some juice to them. And so what does it mean? How, how might we actually work with the content? This, um, exploration of working with the content we can do this in our sitting practice we can explore what it means to work with the content of our thoughts in our sitting practice and and that actually can begin to help us to navigate it's kind of a stepping stone i would say to navigating working with the content of what happens to us in our daily lives so I, I wanted to just explore, reflect on this a little bit today. There's one particular um, teaching that one of my teachers offers, Saira Utejaniya, 
who um, who says, you know, when we're dealing with a lot going on in our lives, he uses this phrase 50-50 mindfulness. He says we, you know, it's helpful to uh, to be aware of 50% of the attention on like what's happening in the world, what, what the content is, you know, what we're doing, all of that. And then 50% of the attention on how we are while that's happening. Now that's not an easy thing to do, to, to have that kind of broad capacity to know what's going on in the world and know how we are with it. And so I've done a lot of exploration of it and, and thought I'd offer some of my own, uh, way in tools to explore this, uh, this, this capacity, some things I found useful. So now that's what I thought of sharing this evening. One thing I'll say, first of all, is that this language Saito Tejaniya uses a 50-50 mindfulness. Um, that language doesn't resonate for some people. Um, it feels like you're trying to split things apart or uh, separate somehow. And um, Carol Wilson, a teacher who's practiced with Sayadaw Utejaniya a lot, said for her, she came up with a different language. She said, I, I call it 360-degree mindfulness. It's just like trying to be aware all around. So that it's not like trying to separate or anything, half the attention here, half the attention there. It's just, it's kind of like starting from the middle and spreading out. Just in, maybe we could call it infused all around mindfulness. Um, so that's another, another way to think about it. But however we think about it, however we talk about it, it is not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to do. Um, so, um, yeah, I thought, I thought to explore this. Now, first of all, to talk a little bit about why it's useful. Um, um, as we, gain the capacity to be with the complexity of what's going on, we start to understand, you know, the, the internal and the external exploration here, the, the 50-50 side I was talking about, I think does kind of map onto what the Buddha talks about as internal and external mindfulness, which he points to in the Satipatthana Sutta. He says we should explore internally. We should be mindful of what's happening internally in our own bodies and minds. We should be mindful of what's happening externally, of what's happening outside of us. And the, the, the commentaries say that this means we should be aware. Uh, internally means we should be aware of what's happening in our own body, our own hearts and minds. And in externally, it's being aware of what's happening in, um, in other people, in other beings. So that's, that's one way of, of understanding it, of that external. Um, so for instance, in, in internally, we might be exploring in a situation, this experience right now, I'm experiencing thoughts and frustration in the situation. So the, the internal exploration might be around what is the emotional response to what's happening? How is the body in response to what's happening? So we would be exploring our own experience. Externally, in a situation, we might um, be curious about or exploring what it seems, what seems to be happening for someone else. Now, this is a different kind of mindfulness, right? This is not a direct experience kind of mindfulness. It's direct in the way that we, we see something, 
but that seeing is an internal experience. And so this is a little bit of an inference for most of us. Um, it, it, the, the commentaries say there might be a direct experience of what's happening for somebody else if you have psychic powers, but most of us don't have psychic powers. And other ways they talk about is to understand or to recognize, you know, through what's seen and what's heard. So what they're saying, what they look like, how they're expressing themselves, that we might understand something about what's happening for them in their minds. The people, when somebody says something with a particular expression, we might infer or kind of get a sense of, hmm, there's frustration externally happening. Now, we do have to take care not to, um, uh, not to, assume we actually know what's going on for them. But um, but at the same time, that kind of exploration can help us to kind of witness or we're encouraged to, to witness or be curious about what's happening externally in the same way we are internally with a non-reactive, non-judgmental attention. That's just like, wow, okay, you know, when we feel frustration arising here, it's like, well, this is what it's like to be a human being that's frustrated. You know, this is the experience. And then in the external, we would, we would explore or um, kind of reflect on or connect with frustration is arising there rather than that person is frustrated or they are, you know, that it's, so it's more, it's more kind of that um, non-personal, impersonal exploration, like for us too, it's like, well, this is the experience of a human being feeling frustration. And that is, that is externally, that is somebody experiencing frustration. It is, it is, um, um, that's the arising of frustration in, in, in another being. And so we, we start to um, take out the, in the, in the, external um, observation, we might um, help us to, might help us to observe others and understand too, you know, so having observed ourselves, having observed and seen how easy it is for these things to happen uncontrollably, you know, that a, a random thought comes through the mind and something comes up, then Having experienced that, having seen that, then there can be some ability externally to kind of appreciate or recognize, yeah, what's going on there is, is just as uncontrollable as what happens here. And so there can be some compassion, some kind of maybe some heart opening or some sense of, um, you know, not, not, not taking it personally that this is happening to me, you know, it's, it's, this is happening. This is happening in the field where I am, but may, may or may not have anything directly to do with me. Um, So we begin to cultivate uh, with this external awareness, external mindfulness, we begin to cultivate this capacity for non-judgmental awareness externally. We've, we, we cultivate it internally by seeing, you know, cultivating that, sense of, okay, what's it like to be a human being experiencing this? We cultivate that, not not judging ourselves for what's arising, but just taking in, this is how it feels. And that same non-judgmental kind of capacity can begin to be cultivated externally. 
that that's that's um, conditions arising in that person that this is happening for them. So the the internal and the external. Um, I think it's interesting, actually, that the instructions in the Satipatthana Sutta say, you know, cultivate mindfulness internally, then mindfulness externally, and then mindfulness internally and externally, as if it's kind of like, you know, building on itself. So the, the skills that we learn to cultivate mindfulness internally will help us to have that capacity for the non-judgmental um, curiosity about what's happening for somebody else. And then we move towards, okay, what does it mean to kind of be aware of both? So to me, this, this, this points to um, this practice of 50-50 mindfulness, of aware of what's happening in the world and what's happening in our own hearts and minds. We may have to start by kind of alternating. You know, it may not be that we can just say, okay, I'm going to be aware of everything. But we may be able to consciously kind of step back and forth. This is what's happening for me internally. This is what's happening externally. This is what's happening internally. This is what's happening externally. And we might start to see there some influence between the two. You know, when we look internally, we see, you know, something arising, a thought arising and we might see an emotion arising with that thought. So we see this conditioned nature of how our minds work. You know, this thought, we, we were sitting there calmly, the mind pretty at ease, and then maybe we heard something. Some sound arose, and that made us think of something. We, we thought of something, you know, this sound was similar to something that happened yesterday. And so we start thinking about that thing that happened yesterday. And that thing that happened yesterday had a lot of emotional um, connection to it. And so some of those emotions arise. So we can start to see internally how a sound can lead to a thought, a connected to a thought, and that thought connected to emotions, and then the emotions affect the body. And we see how this all just tumbles on. Just conditioned nature tumbling on. As we start to look internally and externally, we also see that what happens outside of us, how somebody else is, affects us. So we, we see this, this interplay of conditioning internally and externally this is um yeah this is uh this is an area where we don't necessarily um uh you know we feel invaded or something sometimes it's like that person made me x you know a person did that thing and it made me x and uh you know so there is there are conditions there that that person did that thing but then when we start to look you know again this internal and external exploration we start to look we we might begin to see that what that person said touched some old conditioning touched something that um happened long ago prior prior um you know prior conditioning, you know, so that we were kind of primed in a way to respond. And so it wasn't so much that um, 
you know, that person did something that, and they made you react. I mean, it's, it's actually good news that, you know, we might say that person made me angry and it can feel that way. You know, it can feel like that, but it's actually not possible for somebody else to flip a switch in your mind and say, you, you're going to be angry. It, there's, there's, it's mediated by something that goes on inside of you. And that's actually good news because it means that people don't have the capacity to, to manipulate our minds. Only our own minds manipulate our minds. And that's good news, although it's, it's pretty deeply conditioned in there. So, you know, it can be, um, hard to see. Um, but, but, um, you know, we can start to appreciate that, you know, what I see externally then impacts me internally. And there, there, there may be some choices. How, how might I uh, respond to this? And one way of responding to what's happening internally is to be aware of it. That has such an effect on um, how our Maybe I should say on whether we end up just automatically responding, automatically reacting, or have some capacity to um, watch and see, oh, this happened in response to what somebody else said or did. And, you know, in, in our, in our kind of habitual mode, we might just automatically then act in return, you know, just, say something or do something in return. But if we, if we're mindful, if we're aware internally, there may be some capacity to recognize, wow, that happened. That person said or did that thing. This arose here. And there may be some possibility of a pause. There may be some possibility to take a breath or not speak, you know, just to, to allow some of the, um, understandings of non-harming, you know, to connect to, you know, not wanting to harm self or other or both. So, you know, this, this is some of the benefit of this kind of, um, awareness of self and other that, that we can begin to kind of track how we are in response to what's happening dynamically in the world. So the, um, I think I'll just pick one little piece of it here. And that, that is um, um, looking at the content of, of what's happening. Because this is, this is the place we don't, we don't usually um, connect with so much in our, in our sitting practice necessarily. If, if content comes into our mind, like a major story about, you know, these things that I need to do or this thing that happened. Often in our sitting meditation, we tend to say, set it aside. And then we potentially may, you know, be aware of what's happening in the present moment, sometimes as an effect of that. And that's a great place to begin, to begin this exploration of how is content affecting me? So some big story comes up in our mind in our, in our, in our sitting practice, something from the world 
In this case, it's happening in our sitting meditation, so it's not actually happening. But if some big thing comes up in our in our practice and it feels like it's sticky, like the mind doesn't particularly want to set it aside, the, the mind is kind of pulled into it, then this might be a time you can practice a little bit of this 50-50 mindfulness instead of, um, you know, setting, setting the content or what's happening in, in that thought, you know, that, that, that set of thoughts, setting that aside and uh, not engaging with it. There might be the possibility of like holding that content and, and reflecting or exploring, wow, that thought about that thing that happened, you know, that, and, and the mind actually in the kind of um, uh, details of the story, you know, that person did that thing and this is what followed. And, and, you know, so there's, there's that content going on. There may need to be a little back and forth, but kind of a curiosity of, okay, that content and, and how is, how am I right now? Wow. Charged. Okay. Well, that's going on and wow, the content's continuing. And, and how am I right now? So a kind of the exploration of how does the content affect my present moment experience? Not, not like trying to figure out necessarily what I should do or anything, but just like what well, this, this big story is coming up. How does it affect my present moment experience? So not trying to push the story away or the, the content away, but, but, um, kind of opening to both. There's this, this major kind of, um, content and how am I with it? So that, that, that it, it, it may, it, at times it can, it, we can do this, um, a, a way in perhaps, um, that might be a little less charged, let's say. Um, you know, sometimes we have this kind of situation just happen for us in our sitting practice. And, and that's kind of where, why I started there. You know, I, I, I mentioned in the guided meditation that sometimes we can't just like settle back and say, yeah, I'll be with what is because something is so strong. And so when something is so strong, sometimes rather than trying to say, either just go into it, you know, either just dive into it and, and um, forget about the meditation because that content is so strong or to try to say, that's not part of the meditation. You know, let me like be, be with my breath. Is there something in the middle where there's that kind of, yeah, that's happening. And wow, you know, it feels like a lot. And so this is a very broad kind of attention. It might just be like knowing the mind is chaotic and I'm really uncomfortable. So that that's kind of allowing the mind to hold multiple things at the same time and a, a kind of a very broad attention. I think so, sometimes we think with mindfulness, we need to be tracking lots of detail, but sometimes it can be simple, just like, explosion of thoughts and really uncomfortable you know that's what's happening right now and that's enough that's enough we don't actually need to kind of dive in and figure out all the detail but sometimes there are times when um 
something has happened in our lives. So some big event that happened in our lives and we were really reactive, something, you know, charged happened and we weren't so able to be with it in the midst of our daily lives. It wasn't possible to be there. You know, it's kind of like we come out of that situation and it's like, oh, wow, you know, I wish mindfulness could have been there. <laughs> um, and and so sometimes when we have those kinds of situations, we can use our capacity for being present with ourselves at a later time, maybe depending on how charged it was later that evening or a few days later, perhaps finding a time where you have some space and sit in silence with the intention to kind of reflect on. So this is kind of a reflective practice. This is a, this is, and this is kind of that uh, really integrating content with the interest in being present with ourselves. Because rather than just sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to try to be with my breath or be with however this is right now, we sit down, let ourselves settle for a little while, but then consciously bring in, turn to the scenario, the situation that was so difficult. Bring it into our minds. So calling that content into our minds. Actually remember what was happening, who was there, what was said, kind of like letting yourself um, call that, bring it into mind, like create it in your mind. That's, um, you know, consciously bringing thoughts into the mind. And that, because thoughts, thoughts are pretty potent in our minds, when we do that, when we bring that content into our minds, it will probably have some similar effect on us in this moment, bringing it in, in this reflective way, as it did in the actual situation. And so, you know, so you're bringing that content in, aware of that content, and then exploring what happens. How is the, uh, the body? How it, how, what, what emotions come up? Sometimes in exploring something that happened, a charged event that happened earlier at, a, at another time, there's a little more distance from it. You're not actually right in the midst of the event, so you don't have to respond to the other person. So there may be a little more capacity to hold that content and be present with how you are with it. So that's, that's to me is, is, is some of the, is some of the 50-50 mindfulness. You're with the content and curious about how does it affect the body? And and it, there may need to be a little going back and forth at first, like internal, external. External here meaning the content, the scenario, as opposed to, you know, the, the kind of um, way that content is affecting us. So that, that kind of exploration of what's the content, how is it affecting us? Sometimes a back and forth, we might have to do a back and forth for a while. It's like, well, there's, there's that thought. And then we might have to leave those, those thoughts aside for a little while and kind of check out, you know, okay, how, how is, well, there's a lot of tension, a lot of contraction with just some anger that's coming up. And then we may kind of revisit the scenario, the next part of the scenario and feel the next set of things that 
came up. So there may be a little bit of back and forth. But what what I have found is in this exploration of the back and forth that it it's like the the mindfulness gains the skill doing this back and forth. Content, how is how is the heart and mind in relationship to that content? What's the what's the what's the the challenging scenario and how how am i in response to that doing that back and forth begins to give the um the mind the skill to begin to be able to do it more together at the same time maybe it is going back and forth really fast i don't know but but there's more of a feeling that there's the ability to hold the content and land with this is how I am in the present moment. And then we can begin, I, we're at time, so I'm going to kind of just end with this little piece. And and then we can begin having that kind of um, gaining that skill to explore content and how we are with content in our, in our own internal practice. That then also begins to cultivate our capacity to meet the content more dynamically in the midst of what's happening in the world. And so for me, you know, this idea of 50-50 mindfulness, thinking about I'm going to go out there in the world and practice mindfulness and be aware with all this stuff. It's like, it often goes away. (laughs) But, But the more I practice with things in my, the more I practice with content in my sitting practice or when I'm home by myself, you know, it's like, oh, that thing happened. Let me kind of sit with it and feel, oh, there's that story or that scenario or that thing I need to do and and what's happening in connection with it. The more I do that, the more capacity there is to do it in the midst of the dynamic events as they happen in the world. And so it's like a stepping stone to to practice with this to practice with content with our sitting practice not to not think that somehow content is is like out of bounds for our sitting practice it will serve you to explore this internal external the awareness of what's happening in the content of our lives and how i am in connection to it.